2: Never seen how high, I'm not no. how high, uh, Half Baked? No. Dave, oh, you need to go home tonight and watch Half Baked with Done. Dave Chappelle. Done. I'll bring it back for All Wednesday. Right. All right, good. Yeah. Right. Bring some weed with you. Okay? Yeah. Right. I mean, I feel like that <laughs> has to accompany you. Oh, yeah, baby. That's right. He's back. Connor Rogers is back. He is here. Amen Farid is ditching us once again. How dare he? This is Chris Sims and Chris Sims' Button. Big muscles to my right here. <laughs> Hawaiian shirt. Looking good. Did you do the homework or something? Of course I did the homework. You did. You were, did you're did such a good. I last was like, night, I did the homework. You are such a good yep. guy. I was like literally yesterday going, like, I hope Connor doesn't really think he has to watch that oh, the show. To, we had to open so, with it. All right. Good. I mean,
3: classic 90s nostalgia. Uh, New York based Yeah I, I didn't even know Jim Brewer was in it Right I right. mean young Jim Brewer uh-huh. Hilarious It was So good. stupid and so funny Right
2: Some of it's probably like stupid Where you're like that's really not funny But it was funny in 1996 That's the right? thing you gotta yeah. think back to You're right. like man I
3: would've been dying 30 years ago <laughs> right. like that Right but It was
2: groundbreaking People weren't doing movies about weed And like what yeah. you were doing What you know, what you did behind the scenes yet
3: Naming the female lead Mary Jane <laughs> Is like the <laughs> lowest hanging fruit right. They could've found right. But
2: it's, it's still all great Yeah yeah yeah, there's some good scenes in there. All right, you the man. Thanks for doing that, dude. Absolutely. All right. Did did you or did you not smoke while you were watching it? That'd no, no. I
3: yeah. doing homework. Right. Yeah. It's like watching all 22. Yeah. <laughs> so you gotta stay on your game. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It was a work assignment. You had you had the 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 girl next to you watching it. At no, all? I did. I did this a solo, solo mission. Dolo, yeah, she you. was kind
3: of like ch- she's like, over? "What are you doing?" And right. I was like,
2: "We have to open the podcast for
3: this tomorrow. I, I am definitely watching this." And she's <laughs> okay. like. All right, whatever. Yeah. And, like, a couple of times she even kind of laughed when she overheard something yeah, from yeah, it because it's yeah. just so there's ridiculous. Some,
2: there's some things that they say that just, yes, are hilarious. And then the voice of, you know, Chappelle when he's, I can't think of his name. What's uh, the drug dealer, you know, oh, that he plays? Uh, Thurgood. Uh, his name is
3: Thur- it, His name is Thurgood. Thurgood. Yes. Right,
2: right. And, he, you know, he's doing the rap song yes. and, uh, you know, going to see him and stuff. And that voice and is he, hilarious. He
3: calls uh, drug dealing fundraising. Fundraising. Unbe- <laughs> like, that was maybe my favorite quick line in the. <laughs> (laughs) entire thing. My mama. So, so good. Actually, the date might have been the best. When he reaches into the homeless guy's cup to pay for the ice cream because he Uh, has no money. Yes, right. And she wants to go out and sit to eat and he goes to the hot dog stand Uh as well. I think it actually hit harder if you're from New York. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of little references, 100% where you're just like, Man, I'd love to go sit and eat, but at that time it was a two-dollar hot dog. Now, what is a hot dog on the corner like six, five, uh, six probably, bucks? Probably. I don't know. Everything
2: it, in New York's it, like ridiculous. It, it is crazy. It's not
3: the cost-saving maneuver. You got to pay twenty dollars to go
2: over the bridge yeah, just yeah. to get into New that York. Is, right seriously, right now. So absolutely. That, that's that's the way it is. Yeah, you're right. That's uh, all right. So good for you. Good movie. Uh, I was gonna say something else. to you there. But uh, Dave Chappelle. I mean, he he never ages. That's why he's the funniest comedian of our lifetime, at least for my lifetime. I think. And, and just I between that, the Chappelle yeah. Show, and some of the new standup up stuff he's hilarious
3: and i went back and looked like when it came out and what the the story was behind him doing it that was really his first successful Big thing. apparently thing, he was right? really failing in stand-up uh. and right like co-writing that and doing that was kind of the beginning of like okay this guy's having some
2: success and yeah
3: the rest was kind of history yeah from the rest there.
2: is history that's right yeah so. I'm, I'm uh whenever he drops anything i'm usually like okay i gotta check this out dude he's He's the man. He kills you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We got some stuff here today. All right. We got more AMAs. You did your homework. I did my homework. I did. You know, we'll see how well I did it. Right. It it was never an easy exercise. You know, we do want to answer our man. What was it? At. Honold Blake. Honold Blake. Honold Blake, the top Nailed five it. secondaries. We're going to get into that. We asked her some specific questions about, hey, what's your biggest concern with your football team? We'll get into all that and uh, just have fun talking football here today. But that's pretty much the plan. You got it from here, big guy. Yeah, another loaded ask me anything. But since we put this one on hold because it
3: justifiably needed time, needed seasoning, it did. the top five secondaries, I think you and I are going to have more of a back and forth with this rather than, you know, listing hard yeah. core rankings. I know you – we were talking about honorable mentions before we got on the podcast. That's how
2: hard this was. It is hard. Well, how, so how did you start this process? Well, I just at, at least at first, you know, I, I went just division by division, okay, and just old school, school dudes, dirty. I did old school yeah. dirty. And, you know, I had the tabs pulled up as far as the roster, the draft and free agency. And kind of just went through it that way and was like, okay. And then, you know, at first just go, okay, I'll cancel that team out. Oh, let me put a star next to this team. They're still available. And I kind of just went, you know, little by little. Right. You know, but it's hard because, one, I think there's only maybe a, a few that have everything you're looking for. Sure. Safeties and the three corners, right, which you need in nickel. Everybody's playing nickel all the time to where, you know, there was only a few that jumped out that way. But when you get down the list a little bit and, you know, and and you're thinking about other teams that could be in the top five or whatever there, you start to get into, whoa, man, they have a – Unbelievable safety tandem with one awesome corner, but ah, I'm not sure about the other two guys. And so right. they have pieces where you go, "That's really awesome or elite," and that's where it got hard is differentiating some of that. And I think that's where we'll have some good combo here. That's what's so
3: interesting is how the, the game I want to say has changed because it's been a theme for a while. But with nickel being base, the slot isn't some 30% snap no, position. No, anymore. exactly. Or it, a
2: throwaway where you used should be like, ah, right. "It doesn't really matter." It factored
3: right. so much into this, and then you have some teams that have the star corner, but they have questions at safety. Um, we'll start from the back end and go five down to the teams that are up for one. I did have three teams I thought you could make the argument for number one. Okay. So I'm right. curious
2: to hear you out I and wouldn't see where mind like I wouldn't mind maybe just starting there, too, because okay. I have okay. two that I think are clearly in the running for number one. I'd okay. love to hear your third, too. But I had two. That I, To me, right away, those will just like jump off and just go, these are no-brainers, because I have a feeling we're going to be on the same page with these top two, at least. I think so, as well. So, my three teams, I thought you could make the argument
3: to be the number one secondary from outside corner, nickel, and safety. Yeah. The Denver Broncos, yeah. the Miami Dolphins, yep. and the New York Jets. Yep, okay. Those were the three teams that I thought now – it's interesting because Denver's one of those teams that they have the star corner, yep, right? They right. have good safety play. I right. actually think Caden Stearns, if he gets a little burn over Kareem Jackson, mm-hmm. that might elevate them. He didn't yeah. play a lot last year, but he looked good when yep, he did. Right. A dude from your University of Texas yeah. that – Never blossomed into the superstar of Texas we thought he would, and now he looks better in the NFL. Kind yeah. of interesting how that works. Right. Miami, the addition of Jalen Ramsey, how much is that going to elevate them? You have Brandon Jones coming back from serious injury. When he, When is he going to be ready? But Javon Holland and Xavier Howard are stars in my eyes. Right. And then with the Jets, it's kind of the Broncos thing where Sertan and Sauce, you have the superstar corner. DJ Reed is as good as a number two you're going to find in the NFL. Damn good. Michael Carter's a good slot. I'm not really excited about their safeties no, right now after losing Chuck Clark, yeah. and I think
2: that hurt them the most. Yeah, I, I would agree. That would be the thing that quest- that I right. question. I, I'm jumping on... You know, with you with the Dolphins. Yep. Okay. They have to be there. The Dolphins are, yeah. I mean, and even just, you know, of course, the top end talent. I'm a big fan of the Dolphins' safeties. I mean, Javon Holland, to me, is one of the better safeties in football. No doubt. I know all the grading websites and all there don't have, like, great grades on them. He's asked to do things that a lot of safeties in football are not asked to do. So, I love the Dolphins for sure. I still think Xavier Howard is definitely one of the five best corners in football. I don't think Jalen Ramsey is a top five corner in football, but I think he's probably a top five DB in football all right right because when I say corner I mean you got to be able to lock people down man-to-man all the time I don't think that's his cup of tea anymore to the extent it was a few years ago but he can play nickel he can play safety he can play in the box he can do a lot of different things match up with bigger tight end slot receiver type of guys so that's where I look at them to be a no-brainer now another no-brainer I'm going to go with and I'm curious for this well it's a little bit of a projection but I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks and I've I love Witherspoon as much as you, so I completely get it. So, between him, you know, Tariq Woolen on the other side, Michael Jackson's phenomenal as well. And then you get into the two safeties they got there. That's the thing. Right? Now, health, of course, is is part of the conversation a little bit. But Diggs and Jamal Adams, see, to me, the Dolphins and the Seahawks were the only two teams I went to it and just saw the five and went, they're good. I'm good with those two right there. So, I, you know – If I had to juggle it out or whatever, I'd probably make the Dolphins the number one secondary in football. Probably the Seahawks, too, for me. Because it's a little bit of a young projection still. But I think, man, I really like that group they got up there in Seattle. When I wrote it out in concrete, I landed with the Dolphins at one. It was just so hard
3: not to. It would take a drastic fall off of Jalen Ramsey for them to not be that group. Or injuries, as we've seen. Yep, That's hurt them before. They fell into that hole with Byron Jones, and they were kind of – inog in Inogba. how did i blow this i said his name a million no. times for years with the draft he didn't turn it out to be. yeah we'll, I, we'll I'm get there. close
2: it 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 you got Nogany. me messed there up too go. i had practiced it before the damn thing yeah he but didn't he didn't
3: turn into with the player i think they we thought, were hoping right, for and, right. and that could have made them an elite group as Definitely. well a year ago um but then once again yeah when you look at Denver. I, I'm glad you brought up Seattle. You're right. That's the biggest projection because you're looking for health at the safety yeah. position, and you're looking for a rookie corner to play up to the expectations we've set for him. Yep. But I think that there's a good chance
2: he does. Uh, yeah. I, I would think. I would think so. You know, the Dolphins they drafted Cam Smith. I liked him out of South Carolina. I he, I really did, you know. Me the, too. I'd have been in the top thirty players. They got some other guys too. The Dolphins. It's not only the starters. It's it's their versatility and the depth they have too. Because you get into Keon Crosson, who's pretty damn good, right? Um, I'm missing um, who who Cater Kahou. Cater was a shock. Was a shock out of nowhere. Villanova. Yeah. Or oh, no, no. He's Texas A&M Commerce. Okay. Right. And he was the Villanova really guy? Is the Bills guy you're thinking yes, about? I think. Yes. Who but also started right, out of nowhere. <laughs> And yes. Started over their first round yes. pick, right? So th- that that to me, and then uh, there was somebody else on their roster that I'm missing um, at corner that I that I, oh Nick Needham, they have sure. him as well. So they They're have deep. a lot of everything. That, yeah. That's why I think I'm going to go clearly them one Seahawks too. Now you know after we get out of that Seahawks Dolphins thing, now that's where I think there's some healthy conversation to be had, right? I'm not as high on Denver right. quite as you. Um, the Jets. Um, you know, they're on my list here, but not. I don't know if I'm ready to put them on the short short list yet. It's the safety question. It's the safety question. Yeah, for sure. It's below average. Uh, yeah, there's no denying so, it. So that hurts me. And and you know, too, you know, I don't know. I don't. I I know. You know. Hey, they, they've invested in that front, in the front four, and they're they're you got to cut corners somewhere in the right. NFL, and they cut corners there because they're going, oh, well, our pass rush will get there before we have to worry too long. Right, and we got sauce, and you know, you can't you can't do it all. Feels like the Eagles can play that way too. Eagles can definitely. They got too. good corners. Don't get me wrong. E- exactly. <laughs> <That's> Eagles <laughs> are the same thing though. The same thing. I looked at them and went, man, they have three really good corners. I like that. But the safety thing, I think, is a legitimate question for them as well. Right. So I look at that. But now, all right. So. You named your three there. Right, I got two others that I feel like I am hands down ready to put in the top five. Okay. Okay. And then my fifth, I still need to talk it out and him and haw about a little bit. All right. So you heard my Dolphins and Seahawks one, two. Now, the running after that, this might shock you. Here's me to be my next two teams the Chiefs and the Bengals. I Chiefs at five. Okay. The Chiefs, and I, it shocked me. I, I went through
3: this exercise, and I was like, holy shit. They are so much. Because we look at Mahomes, Kelsey, and Chris
2: Jones, that you forget how good the secondary was exactly. Last year. Exactly. I'm with you all the way. Right. I mean, Reed is a good safety. Yep. And then you add in Brian Cook, who's going to be the other starting safety this year, who played last year, and he's good. There's a reason they let Juan Thornhill go, because they went, wait, we drafted his replacement. He's playing this year. You know, McDuffie's good at corner. I love him. Right. I think so, he's phenomenal when he plays. Williams last year. and Watson, I think are really damn good. And of course have size and length. And then of course you're talking to LaJarius Sneed sure. as well. And I just go, they have more than the five. They they have everything, let alone versatility to match up. So like the Chiefs, again, this is where they're going nowhere and we were in amazement and I know we talked about this last year. They they won the Super Bowl and they were one of the younger teams in football. And and they've retooled and scouted and built the right way. So the Chiefs are are One of the next teams for me. And then their fucking rivals are one of the other ones. I'm going to go off the the board here maybe. This one, the Bengals. Okay. I'm going to go with the Bengals. I know. As one of my top five. They are in my top five. I know. And there's some moving parts here. You know, there's no more Von Bell. And we're missing, you know, our guy that Jesse Bates. Right? But Dax Hill to me is going to be that type of guy. Sure. Okay. They've got Nick Scott. From the Rams, who I'm a huge fan of. To me, he was one of the under the radar, really awesome players for that team the last two years. And they have some more depth at safety. But then I'm a big fan of the corners. I am. You know, one, you know, they drafted my man, DJ Turner. Yep. Right. So I love him. But I'm a big fan of Cam Taylor Britt. I'm a big fan of Chadobia uh, Wuze when he is back. Yep. And um, let me pull up my roster. I'm missing somebody on their – another corner. Oh, Mike Hilton is one of the best slots in football. And he's been for a long time. So, like, to me, I know most people might not have them in the top five, but I think this could be one of those where, like, when the season gets to an end, people are going to be like, whoa, it's December. And they're gonna be like, you know, the Bengals have one of the best secondaries in football. Uh, maybe a hair of a projection with some of my young talent, but I'm going to put them in there for, for my sake at least. It's not crazy at all. In coverage last
3: year, they gave up 16 touchdowns. The only teams that were better were the Jets and the Texans with 15. When you look at the advanced metrics, EPA per play, just to kind of show how dominant they right, were, right? they were number six in the league. And nobody would guess they were in the top
2: ten. I, I don't know. Yeah. Besides Jesse Bates, who's not there anymore, it's right. No names. It's no names. That's what I mean. But people don't realize quite yet how good Cam Taylor-Britt is. Sure. That's, that's, that's probably I, the. Difference. I think there's that, right? Yeah. There. Are some people like you and me. We know what Dax Hill can be. You know. Maybe you know the common fan in Philadelphia, who's not following the Bengals every day. He might not know exactly what he is. But that's why we're here, and we get paid to do this to tell you that stuff, right? So yeah, I, that's where. Again, I look at them and just go some depth and some high-end talent that I just don't think has jumped onto the national scene yet, but I think it it will this year. I I think that's a great point. One team that I had
3: in there in the top five that this one, you got to hope somebody doesn't fall off a cliff, but he didn't last year, is the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. Because Gilmore was really good last year. Mm -hmm. He's a nice addition to that group. They just locked up Diggs. This week to a massive extension. Yeah, who, rattle him off. Go ahead. Right? So yep. you got Trevon Diggs on the outside. You have Stephon Gilmore, who looked really, really good last year. Yes, he did. It's expected that Jordan Lewis will be in the slot. And then quietly it's And safety, he's a really
2: good slot. Right? It's a good place to be. And Deron Bland is really good. Exactly. Who was a starting caliber corner. Right. Kelvin Joseph, I know it hasn't got all together for him. I still think he's a talented guy. I think it's, you know, maturity, learning how to play. But I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you. no, no. I'm, I'm with no please, you. please. The Cowboys were one of my teams that I didn't definitively put in the top five, but are in my short list of like, oh, should I put them at number five or whatever? So I'm not I'm not too far off from you. And you know what? Malik Hooker was was, was good better. for them Definitely. last year. I kind know.
3: of a resurgence for Malik Hooker. No so question. I looked at this unit and think they're kind of one of those units that they do play as a team. They have borderline star corner Yeah, Diggs. Yeah. I, everybody knows Diggs isn't in the Sertan, you know, category yet,
2: but he's really, really good. He would be in my top five in football. I, right? And it almost feels I like – I don't give a shit about he gets burned every now and then sure, and that. you know, Make the
3: plays. He is. And he's also gotten better in that regard he since has. that 14 interception season. It felt like he was more balanced. And I, just, I look at them and go, man, if they get 90% of Stephon Gilmore – it's going to be really hard to throw on that agreed, team.
2: Agreed. You know, the safeties are the question, like you talked about a little bit. They don't blow you away. But there's not like, oh, wow, it's weak. But the corners, yes. When they're healthy, that group right there, you look at it and you go, damn, you know, and and I'm with you in the digs thing. He's continuing to get better. And listen, I'm, I, you know. I don't want him to go too crazy taking, you know, chances and going for pick sixes and all that. But to me, he got to the point last year, and I think that's what you were kind of saying, is he found the fine line of like, you yeah, know, take a chance, and okay, this is stupid, Yep. right? And, you know, again, too, everybody's got to get off stats and all the grading sites all the time. You know, again, Trayvon Diggs is is asked to be on an island Like, a lot. They play a lot of man in Dallas, and they do some crazy stuff up front. They put pressure on those guys. Uh, That's where I got tremendous respect for them, too. I think it's so hard to quantify coverage in numbers. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, because not everybody's being asked to do the same thing. People look at the 49ers in certain years and go, well, look at their coverage. It was great. Richard Sherman was a top five corner one year. I'm going to go, no, their pass rush was amazing. Nobody could hold the ball past 1.5 seconds. So you could have put me in the corner and I would have been maybe top 50 in football. So that's where you're right. The numbers are BS that way. You got to look at the system, the pass rush, what they're being asked to do to evaluate it. it. Of course, the tape. You're right, because the the amount of variance in coverages
3: league-wide just changes everything. And it goes back to your point of cutting corners. Some schemes want those high-end corners because they need them. And then some schemes are saying, well, all of our money is in the front four. Maybe a rangy safety on the back end that will make up for a corner that can't really open up his hips and turn and run. It just depends who you want to be. That's exactly you right. It's, you, there's good numbers in coverage. Don't get me wrong. But it's the hardest position maybe to quantify in analytical,
2: you know, breakdowns. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Agreed with you. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think, you know, just to jump off what you're saying there, yeah, the 49ers are the perfect example there. There's a reason you haven't seen, like, Shanahan sign a big-time, huge, you know, marquee corner or anything like that in his time there. He obviously believes in the front seven, and then they're going to play a certain way in the back end to kind of protect and, you know, not put those guys in real, real tough situations. That's the the approach they have taken. All right, so your five, let me hear it one more time here. Dolphins. Right. Broncos, Jets, Cowboys, Chiefs. Okay. All right, that's your five. I'm Dolphins, Seahawks, Chiefs, Bengals, and then, you know, my fifth one, like, I'm down to Cowboys, the Saints, okay? We didn't even talk about that. The but. Saints, you know, you know. again, first off, Lattimore's still really damn good. Paulson Adebo is very good. You know, he got beat a few times last year, but again, they're another team that asked their corners to play a lot of man-to-man. I'm a big fan of Alante Taylor, and Marcus May and Matthew. Matthew, not what he was, but that's still a pretty good tandem. So they were like, okay, on this other list of, eh, Maybe. The Bucks, they're another team I looked at. You know, the two corners are real deal Holyfield. Jamel Dean and, and Carl, Carlton Davis are real. Antoine Winfield's phenomenal. That helps a lot. But I think the rest of it is probably why they're not going to make my list because I just go, ah, I'm not sure about that. Talked about the Cowboys. Now, here's, I guess when I sit here and talk about it, I think it's between these three teams. The Cowboys that you've mentioned, I think the Ravens are probably in it for me. The Ravens, um, do the Ravens have the best safety tandem in football? I think so. Right? If Kyle Hamilton becomes the player well, in the second he half of last year. Like he looks like he was coming. It right. started to look like exactly. that.
3: They just, there's not a lot of guys that can do what Marcus Williams does. Yeah. That's probably the differentiator one there. Of the best
2: free safeties and in football.
3: Humphrey's a great player. Yeah. So it just matters what. The Brandon Stevens, right, of the yeah. world, like that number two corner spot exactly. really. Jalen O'More
2: Davis. Sure. He's in the guy there. You know, they saw they signed Rocky Asin, right? That's an interesting fit yeah. for them. They um there's there's somebody else I'm missing too that they signed. Um, but yeah, they uh, uh well they had Trayvon Mullen, right? Uh they signed him as well. You know, so they're yeah, you're right. They're trying to find the right mix there, but they were definitely or still are in the running here for me. All right. Then the other team that I want to bring up to you for the the conversation, uh, and, you know, the Ravens have Daryl Worley, just a cave on Seymour. Uh, so they got some guys there, like you said, Brandon Stevens, who I think is definitely going to be the other guy uh, across from Marlon Humphrey. It's just who that third guy is. And then the, the, the Chargers, you know. We've been waiting for that one to be great. I know. Great. I know, you know, and. I know it's a projection, but it's not a projection. I mean, we know Derwin James is obviously one of the best safeties in football. Okay, J.C. Jackson had a down year last year. But, like, like I, I, I'm i not gonna ready to go, oh, this isn't going to work. I mean, J.C. Jackson, the four years before that, was one of the three or four or five best corners in football. So, I don't think he forgot how to play. Asante Samuel is damn good. Mike Davis is damn good. So there, the those are the three teams. The Cowboys, the Ravens, and the Chargers are the other three teams that I look at to go. Huh. I think I'll make them five, and I don't know where exactly I want to go there. You know, I think I'm. I think ultimately, I think I'm. I'm gonna take the Chargers. Okay. I think you I'm talked yourself it. into it. I did. It. It's a tough. The Chargers, the Ravens, I think are the ones I want to go with. I think I will go with the Chargers. You know, I know health is a big question, too, you know, with this crew here. But I, I think if I had a, if you had to put a gun to my head, which I don't want you to do, <laughs> no, uh, I think I'd make them my my fifth one. Let me put a bow on it with this. Yeah.
3: Who's the team that you think consensus believes was outside the top 20 last year or is outside the top 20 that can make a drastic jump Ooh, this right, year? right. Where you're like, okay, uh, just, maybe you're two for that guy, or they made a, a free agency addition that like this that can make that jump. Who's the secondary nobody cares about, but by
2: the end of the year, people will have their eyes on. Yeah, well, we we Seattle is outside the <laughs> yeah, top 20 sure. as far as their their defense total. Atlanta Falcons are another team that I would look at. Atlanta Falcons, there's some the Falcons, the Panthers, like I put them on my first list because there's potential there, you know. Richie Grant and Jesse Bates at safety, I like that with the Atlanta Falcons. You know I'm an A.J. Terrell fan. You know, when he's healthy to me, he's one of the best island corners in football. And then, you know, I know Akuda didn't live up to what he was supposed to be, but he's, he's still good and I think has a chance to still continue to ascend upwards. They got him for free. I know, they got him it's- for free. You know, they got Mike Hughes that they got down there who's played a little, you know, everywhere in the NFL a little bit. So the Falcons, the Seahawks, certainly three teams right off the bat that I look at jump up. And then I know we didn't – the Tennessee Titans will not be 23 in defense next year. Uh, I'll, I'm, I'd be willing to say that too. There's a lot of good there. I know they didn't make this list or whatever. And then, hey – Another team that I think has made drastic improvements, but not in the top, is Detroit. Detroit did a lot of, with their secondary. We hit on Chauncey Gardner-Johnson on Monday a little bit. Sounds got okay. Cam Sutton, right? They got some other guys there. They're going to be better. Uh, but I guess those are the ones that jump out to me to see the the most improvement. All right, there it is. Our secondary conversation. Not a concrete top five rankings, but pretty dang close. Yeah, yeah. It felt like you would talk. You got you locked down that number five. I got it. I don't. It's one of those where I probably will still go back later today and go, man, I should have put the Ravens in front of the Chargers or whatever. Ever, but either way, I'll live with it for right now. I feel really good about the other four as far as Dolphins, Seahawks, Chiefs, Bengals, Chargers, and uh, we'll see. Your five is not bad either. It was all Thank you. on my. We both went on the Dolphins list. too easily yeah. almost. Wow, yeah. How could you not? Yeah. So yep. now Fangio there. Well, and you know, like, you said, like with the corner, with this conversation too, it's you know, you value the overall group together. Do you value ooh their corners are so good? I'll take that, and I think that's kind of what you did with Dallas, where you just go, hey, I did. You know, they do that, so I'm gonna just, I'm gonna run with that, and that's where you know the smart minds can differ there in this in this conversation. On the note of
3: the secondaries, this question from Coordinated Chaos: There have been some rumblings about the Eagles cross-training Keely Ringo to develop/slash play a similar role as a Derwin James type player with a bit of uncertainty at the position, the safety position for the Eagles. Do you see this as a smart move?
2: I I do. You know, I I could certainly see this from uh, Keely Ringo, right? right, right? I mean, you know, watching him on film, I know he ran 4-3 at the combine. He didn't play to that speed, right? But he's, and he's a big guy. That's what was impressive about Kaylee Ringo. I mean, it's his size, Keely Ringo, excuse me, his size, his strength, his length, all of that. But did I, you know, come away from evaluating him and going, he's going to have a hard time against the change of direction type of receivers? Certainly. And, you know, Georgia guys tackle, even at corner. So I could certainly see him being that. And the, 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 the Eagles do have a... They got three good corners, but safety is an issue. And I could see them, you know, making that move, like we said, and and, and seeing how that plays out.
3: I thought he was so much better in college when everything was in front of him. Yeah, that's eyes. the way he is. Right. right. He really struggled disrupting releases, turning his hips and running. And like you said, the, the 40 time wouldn't tell you that, but the film would. It's Definitely. just timing and coverage. So I'm a big fan of that as well. I think it's a good move. If he's open to it, I think it's a good move by the Eagles.
0: Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, The threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines.
4: Is there such a thing as a traveler? Not a Delta.
3: Let's jump into the full Ask Me Anything here training camp edition. All right. This is uh, – we obviously floated out the question there. What's the biggest question you have about your team in training camp? We will start with the Jets here from Tyson Rauch. What are your thoughts on the Jets' offensive line, especially at the tackle positions?
2: You know, I i mean, I'm not as – I'm, I'm more bullish than okay. I feel like most – Jets fans are this is the the viewed as the Achilles heel right now around the team yes I got you I got you and, and you know I, I you know one um I, I think this Jets healthy offensive line is I, I think got some potential to be pretty damn good now it's just the if and will they stay healthy but you know I think they did the right things by acquiring some depth too You know, and they're going to they're going to have some versatility there. But like, okay, when we talk about, you know, the the tackles right now as we sit, right, you know, first off, Makai Becton, we'll see where that goes, how that goes. If he can be healthy, he can be dominant and be one of the best safeties. I mean, uh, tackles in football. He's practicing on a pitch count. but practicing. Yeah, so I'm, I'm hopeful. And, you know, I, I, I said in the spring, and he's been working out at a place where the Sims have worked out for a long time, and my dad and brother have just sweared about how great he looks and how he's ready to go. I mean, Dwayne Brown sir, certainly is still no slouch. He's not what he was one, one you know, a few years ago. Max Mitchell's damn good. Okay, so you got him, all right, on the old line We got Elijah Vera Tucker back, okay? We got McGovern at center. You know, you got Billy Turner who can play guard or tackle when need sure. be. So I look at the Jets thing and go, yeah, I understand people not being like warm and cozy and feeling totally comfortable. But I don't look at it and go, oh, man, oh, this is going to be trouble. You know, it, hopefully they can stay healthy. If they're healthy, I think it's his units you know, plenty good. And
3: it'll be interesting to see what their second round pick Joe
2: Titman can do. Yeah, that's if he right. He can win the job.
3: Yeah. Like you said, McGovern's right. back. It's gonna be fascinating. I to forgot see about Tippmann. If they yeah. try, you know, McGovern at guard, or if they flip Tippmann around, are I,
2: you as? Do you feel as good about them as as
3: I do, or you would? I, just- I do. If once again that giant health question. Yeah, it is. I know. It also is interesting how they're gonna line up. It almost feels like they they want Dwayne Brown to be their left tackle when he's healthy. And then they, to your point, they love Max Mitchell. I know. Where, so Becton might be the swing tackle out of the gate. Maybe. And it could be a ramp up thing too. Right. You know, when they brought him back, he missed the whole 2021 season. They brought him back last summer. They threw him into the fire and he got hurt again. So maybe it's a, we need to really slow play this and not just, and we're going to have an injury at some point. So he's going to be out there. Yeah, it's I, it's a hell. You know, once again, AVT, when he's on the field, is one of the better young interior players in the league. But definitely. he missed a lot no, last year. Yeah.
2: No, I, I wonder, too. You know, I, I I still wonder and go, would it be Dwayne Brown left tackle? Would they put Makai at right tackle? Would they move Max Mitchell into guard by any chance with Elijah Ver, Tucker? Do You know, I, I would think they're going to play around with this. Uh, to their best ability to get the best five on the field. But, again, Jets fans who are always looking for the roof to fall on top of their head, I don't... Because it always does. I I guess it does. A lot of the times (laughs) it does. But, yeah, I I just, again, I don't have the concerns maybe they do quite to that extent.
3: Our last Jets question is from Coach Neo Fight. Uh, Shout out to my two favorite NFL analysts. Chris, can you self-scout thyself on Garrett Wilson?
2: What did you see in his first year that made you change your opinion of him? Love the pod. Yeah, I think, you know... One, I I liked him coming out of college. I just wasn't as blown away by him as everybody else, and that was a pretty damn good receiving class that he came out in there. But, yeah, I I, I can sit here legitimately and tell you I was wrong. I was. You know, I think uh, the route running is probably better than I gave it credit for, right, and just the pure explosive ability I think is probably better than I gave it credit for, right. I think those are the two things that I look at. But the route running is – it looks like it's on route and the way he could stick his foot in the ground and come out of breaks last year and do that to where you go, Dan, this kid could be one of the best route runners in football, right? I think that's probably where I didn't give it enough credit that way. And that's probably a, a weak spot on my evaluations of the receivers at times anyways, is I don't maybe put enough into that all the time or give that enough credit. Uh, because I'm always looking kind of more for that physical freak we talked about on on Monday. He is a little bit of an outlier in a sense of you know low 180 pounds. No, that scared the death. That scared me to death for Vertical sure. Vertical was nothing Not special. That's all. where I was a little like, okay, yeah. he ran a good 40, but I don't know if it's real, right? Everybody you know, flew that year. I, I, everybody track did the exactly. So I just I I wasn't you know I wasn't sure, and uh, obviously I was wrong. And I'm looking forward to him and Rodgers tearing it up this year. Yeah, they're having a good
3: start to training yes, camp so are. far. That's going to be Roger's new best friend. This one in the AFC East, biggest training camp question for the Patriots right here. Uh, CJ, the Jedi Master, is there enough offensive line talent to protect Mac Jones? What do you think of the Patriots offensive
2: yeah, line? Yeah, I mean, I, I I think I think there is. You know, let me just pull up their roster here and kind of just check it out as we go here. Um, trying to think about, yeah, I mean, I look at their O-line, you know, they got the uh, rookie who they drafted last year at tackle. Right. Um I'm blanking on his name, the the guy that Sean McVay called out or whatever oh, else. Oh, Cole Strange. Yeah. I think he's Cole gonna play Strange. left guard. Right. So he's yep. gonna be guard. Yep. Right. And that's he's perfect. He's a perfect guard that way. He can be a, a Joe Tooney. You know, I, I look at that. Trent Brown, you know, where he away on you Mike Unwane you, how do I fuck do you say his name? I always fucking on you, right? I think that's how you say it. He's phenomenal football player. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't sit here. And, again, I'm, I'm kind of looking at this as we go. But I, I don't sit here and look at it and go, ooh, I have major concerns about the New England O-line. You know, maybe I'm a little biased, too, to where you know New England's usually on top of that department. And they have an eye on, on knowing what works. But, man, I, I'm just going, wait, David Andrews, uh, Cole Strange, Trent Brown, uh, Anwenu. All right? Those four right there is solid. And then they signed um, Riley Reeve, right? Sure, yeah. Right. So I look at that and think they will be plenty good in the offensive line department.
3: All right. Keeping it moving here, uh, this one on the Naheem Hines injury. 2024 is our year. With nah- Naheem Hines' unfortunate injury, who becomes the Bills' new crafty guy? Is it Deontay Hardy, Increased role for James Cook, or someone
2: else? Yeah, I know. I really think it's, it, it's, it's ultimately going to come down to James Cook. We kind of hit this on pro football talk a little bit uh, on Monday when we were we were getting the news of Naheem Hines being out. You know, Naheem Hines is, uh, th- hey, th- they want him or want him to play, one, because he's dangerous in space, but two, he's a he's a trusted value skill set for third down and passing situations. You know, a lot of times, and me being in an NFL locker rooms for eight years, and damn, even in college, like, you don't trust the young guy on third downs all the time. Right? It's just you don't. And sometimes certain guys have a better skill for, Oh, he can read a coverage or, oh, he sees this blitz coming and he knows all our protection rules and he's all over it, right? Like Samaje Pirine was not better than Joe Mixon, but he obviously had a knack on third down to always pick up the blitz, know where to go, be in the right spot for running a route, right? And I think that's where they wanted Naheem Hines to, to do that for them so they didn't have to worry about James Cook coming out of the backfield, running an option route and making sure he makes the right decision according to the option what the defense gives them. You know, that's where, you know, the Naheem Hines of the world make offensive coordinators feel cozy because they go, wait, I can find a way here to get a six-yard gain every time and he'll do the right thing and my quarterback do And it's just, it's a great thing to have. I I think now, yes, that's going to fall on James Cook and they might have to put him in, you know, put the, the pressure on them to, to grow in that area. Staying with the Bills roster, dude in a shed. Who is going to win
3: out the second linebacker spot behind Matt Milano on the Bills? Ooh. Obviously, they drafted Dorian Williams this year. They have Terrell Bernard there. Uh, those two guys, is there anyone else that you think is in the mix? Yeah, too? the
2: Dorian Williams kid is ready, right? I mean, I, I definitely, I liked him. He's the uh, two-lane kid, right, if I yeah. remember you got it off it. the top yep. of my head. Yep. Um, that would That would probably be my money. You know, I think that's the guy as as long as he can kind of handle the mental aspect of that. You know, Yeah, I That's it, a big that's a big hole left. It's by a, it definitely Edmonds. is. It is. It 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 is. You know, I don't have a great feel for for Bernard. You know, they did get an AJ Klein who's been around forever and I think just as like can be Mr. Dependable. Um, But I think if you made me bet, I'd go with Dorian Williams. Yeah, he would bring a different, you know, running cover element. He's almost like a Milano. I mean, Uh, that's that's who he is. You'd have two Milanos in there in the middle. Like, not huge thumpers, but really good tacklers who can run sideline to sideline, going to be good in coverage that way. Uh, I, I could see that, you know, making sense for them.
3: Moving over to Cincinnati, the Boomer 99. Greetings from Scotland. How do you see the Bengals' backfield shaking out behind Joe Mixon and will it be enough to keep them as contenders? Love the pod. Thanks, Brian.
2: Yes, I do think they have enough there. Um, you know, first off, Joe Mixon—he's still really, really damn good, Brian. There's no doubt about that. And well, you loved Chase Brown. I love Chase Brown. I love the Brown brothers in general. Uh, I, I so yes, I think Chase Brown is ready to go as far as NFL terms are concerned. Co- uh, con- concerned and and. He's a no-nonsense runner. I mean, it's, he brings it. He's going to see a hole, and he's going to run through it at 100 miles per hour. So, yeah, I think Chase Brown is the, the clearly the guy uh, to look at there. You know, I, I know Chris Evans will, will be dependable, and he'll get some you know carry and everything like that, but uh, I, I really think this will be a Joe Mixon and Chase Brown show when it's all said and done. Staying in the AFC North on the Steelers' heel from Ahmed's Red Pants.
3: Was Alex Highsmith an overpay by the Steelers? And where do you see their defense compared to the rest of the league,
2: assuming everyone stays healthy? Thanks, guys. Love the show. I, I don't think it was an overpay. I don't think it was. You know, what? Did it, off the top of my head here, he got what, like close to – 18 20 a year, right? Is that what it was? Uh, right around there.
3: I'll pull it up. Yeah right now. Okay. I mean he obviously had the high sack totals last year. What'd you think of his season as a whole?
2: Yeah, no, he's he's a stealer linebacker He does everything. Well, I mean he's physical. He's always played the run. Well and did everything The thing we needed to see was can he get after the quarterback and be consistent in that department? They got a young guy who I think is continuing to go upward you get it now. You get it done. Got it. Got to get it for the low, so he doesn't hit the free agent market. Do anything like that. Seventeen per year. Seventeen per year. Yeah, I, I have no problem with that. I, I at all. Um, the Steelers defense. Yeah, I got questions about the Steelers defense. I do. You know, after we get away from T.J. Watt, High Smith, and Minka Fitzpatrick, right? You know, Cam Hayward is still real good, but he's not what he was. To where, yeah, I I worry about their front seven and them being, you know, I don't think they're going to be a dominant group. I think this will be a very, like a good defense, top half of the league, but I'm not ready to sit here and think that, or I got to see it to believe it, I guess is what I'm saying with the Steelers for me to think they're going to be a top 10 defense or top five or anything like that. Especially when you look at who their six division games are against, doesn't
3: make it any easier. Right. I mean you got the Chubarot twice, Lamar Jackson twice.
2: You could easily make the case, right? And go there the the they have the least talent on their roster and in the, in the division, I'm certainly putting the Bengals and Ravens ahead of them. I the Browns, too. maybe you want to debate it a little bit, but I don't think so. I think as a whole, I'd probably take the Browns roster too, right? So, I mean, what anything jump out to you about their front or anything that I'm missing that way? I mean,
3: um, they're based on the edge guys getting home, but I do wonder about the run defense a little bit. Just the middle of the defense as a whole. That's what I would look it at. It was an issue last year. In a division that... You would think can run the heck out of the ball up the
2: middle. I I, right? I would think so. I mean, th- th- this is why I think they signed Alex Smith, and they're trying they're trying to get younger. They got to get younger on their defense. You know that that's the big thing. You know, you know, I look at their secondary. There's some good. I get that there is, but I'm not blown away by it. Other than Minka Fitzpatrick, I'm not. You know, and I'm just trying to look at just to make sure I didn't miss any other. You know, yeah, they're, to me, a team that's kind of trying to retool this thing on the fly. Joby's good, no doubt about it, but, yeah, I'm not sitting here like this is uh, 2014 or the mid-2008 you know, 2008 and going, oh, man, this Steelers front seven, watch out, they're killers.
3: They also might just need a year. You got a rookie, Keanu Benton, a player I really like in the middle, but you might need some time. Joey Porter there. Exactly. Might, they just might need they're, some time. They're in the
2: process of retooling this right now. You know their O line stunk. They had to draft an O lineman in the first round. You know they got the quarterback ready here. You know that, that's. I think we're we're going to see the Steelers stay relevant as they rebuild their football team, which is you know kind of impressive in itself. I'll say this about the Highsmith deal: only 17 million fully guaranteed. Yeah, so there you go. I they're, mean, it's, they're it's protecting almost, themselves. It's like a one-year deal exactly. and then pays you go. It probably is right. You know, yeah. I, I, I have to look at the full thing, but I would say it's no, no, nothing more than a two-year deal. He's he's going to have to show that he is worthy of that to keep collecting these type of checks. So, yeah, no problem with that contract. This one
3: from I am Justin Lamb. Will Kansas City have a top 10 defense, better pass rush, better linebacking core, more experienced secondary. I think they might surprise
2: people. Uh, well, you if we you just kind of let the pot we, with that <laughs> we're with you, I do think it's coming. I think top team, top 10, you know, now I'd like to have Chris Jones there, but. I think those linebackers are phenomenal. Nick Bolton might be the most underrated linebacker in football. Right. No doubt about it. And Gay Gay's no slouch either. Sure. And then we hit the secondary. And then you go to talking about Carl Laftis with another year. And they got a good, you know, group of role players on their D line. They drafted uh, it and Duque, right, from uh Kansas State Kansas as State, another yeah. pass a local, rusher. Local draft pick. So I'm uh I'm with you there. And I, you know, to me, this is where Kansas City and this is where I think the league is going to have to go this year. I said this during the season last year. Kansas City is going it showed team something last year. The Super Bowl specifically. One of the things I said during the year, and I know you listen to me, but you don't always – I don't expect you to listen to every show. But one of the things I was saying about, like, the Eagles and the Dolphins offenses, right, if you're going to stop them, you can't just think you're going to go, we're just going to call good, sound defenses and we'll be in the right – they have an answer for everything. At some point with your good, sound defenses, they're going to call plays that you're going to go, it's sound, but now this guy did a fake reverse this way and they pulled two linemen this way and they faked the running back to the other way and now the quarterback's going this way and they got an extra gap over here and you, you can't defend it, right? And to me, what the Chiefs did and showed, especially in the Super Bowl, is that you got to call some defenses that are not specifically always great. They're not sound. They're not perfect. You have to call some defenses and go, I'm going to call this because all my studies and stuff say they do these things on 2nd and seven. But if they call this one play, we might be screwed. There's no risk. Not, I'm, but you are got to do it because I don't think you're ever going to stop these offenses with the read options, the RPOs, all the different things they're doing. You can't be sound and have a guy in every gap all the time. So you got to con- c- kind of create your own chaos. And that was my point when I was getting with the Chiefs is I think the Chiefs are onto that, and I think Spagnolo realizes that because he's had to play some of these offenses. Go, you can't be sound all the time against these guys. You got to take some calculated risk or chance, and that's where I also think that ch- the Chiefs will thrive. And if you have the greatest quarterback on earth, why the hell would you not do that? Right. you or, If right. you
3: make a mistake, you really think Patrick Mahomes can't be relied upon to get those seven points back? Agreed. Agreed. Take or, the chance. Or like they
2: did in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Don't take take the chance. Make them. You know. Go score or they're off the field. But either way, Mahomes is back on the field playing. He's not sitting over by the Gatorade bottle for, you know, 27 minutes with the team running the ball down your throat and six yards, four yards, three yards, doing all that. So, yeah, he's uh he can take some of those chances. Now, the one thing, like he always says, you know, the the one thing they have to deal with and what makes it hard for them to be a top-10 defense is what? It's just what you just said. Everybody who plays them goes, we got to do more on our offense <laughs> <Yeah>. because <laughs> we, up, we don't know we can – Stop them. So we that play that we've been talking about for seven weeks, we're going to call it this week. And that play we practice to fuck teams over all training camp, this is the week we're bringing it out. So they have to deal with that shit, too, where they watch film of a team for nine weeks and go, whoa, th- this team never did this the first half of the season, and they're doing it five times because people know they have to go outside the book to, to beat, you know, those fuckers in red and yellow. They basically become the schoolyard bully that everybody gives their
3: best punch exactly to. Exactly right. Have to. You have to. It's, it's exactly. a tough way to be. Right. What a good place to be. It is a good place to
2: be.
4: Is there such a thing as a traveler? Not a Delta. Because we know on one flight, Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. While on the flight after, 8C is occupied by Jen, whose favorite snack is tea. That's why we provide fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members. Because at Delta, we know. Refill? Everyone flies their own way. Delta. Keep climbing. Free Wi-Fi available on most domestic flights. Terms of use apply.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well.
3: Broncos fan for life. Missing Ahmed but enjoying Connor. Thank, Thank you. you, Bronco fan Let for life. Go, we Bronco miss fan. Ahmed too. Who do the Broncos turn to if Javante Williams isn't as good? Does Peyton slash Patton keep uh oh Peyton and Peyton yeah. keep what we've got or look at Dalvin Cook and how long did they
2: decide? Well, I think that's why they signed Samaji Piran. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He gives them that that ability to slow play this it doesn't put tremendous pressure on Javante Williams now hey will they get in camp and maybe go damn yeah he's he's gonna be a while before he's ready to go and kick some butt for us and Samaje P Ryan's maybe just not quite as explosive enough or whatever to be our every down guy or whatever you know I don't think it's something they're gonna look at right now is what I'm saying with Dalvin Cook. Right. I think it's one of those things where they're going to go, hey, we got who we got here. We're okay with that. We got a Tony Jones Jr. who he had, you know, some time with, I think, in New Orleans when Tony was down there a little bit. So, you know, but but yeah, I think that'll be one where it's evaluate and kind of what I've said about Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook's a guy, too, that, you know. He should slow play this. There, there's no reason. he's been around the NFL. There's not a playbook thing that you have to worry about as far as a running backs concerned. He's a pro. He'll be in shape. To me, I'd want to sit here and slow pay and make sure I get to a place where I go, and I heard him talking on Rich Eisen on, on Monday. like he, he still wants to be the guy. Right? So, hey, wait and see what happens here. You might get a team like Denver where, man, Javante Williams, oh, yeah, they can't play him early in the year. They don't want him. They're desperate, and maybe they'll pay him the price tag that he wants. Um, but I would think he's going to be on the radar here until they feel totally comfortable with Javante Williams. To close the book on the AFC
3: West, biggest training camp question for the Raiders here. Uh, Ant dot dot dot. Do you think Patrick Graham can get my Raiders defense together next year? We did a lot of overhaul on the defensive side of the ball. We added crazy town and Tyree Wilson and a much-needed dog in Marcus Peters. Our offense can do some things, just worried about our defense. Yeah,
2: I, I think he's fair to worry about it. I'd be worried about it. I mean, I would. I like your 3 pass rushers, all right? I mean, that's for sure. I mean, Max Crosby is he's an all-pro pass rusher for me. You know, I think, you know, you know I thought Tyree Wilson was the man. He's not going to be able to be dependent on early in the year, but yeah, I think ultimately with the Raiders, I love the Marcus Peters siding. One of the reasons I loved it and talked about it on uh, uh, yesterday on Pro Football Talk is because, yeah, it's Patrick Graham. He comes from New England. They want to play man-to-man, and I want to go, who can play man-to-man that you can depend on in the Raiders, right? Who Who is it, right? That's the big thing. I know they got our man, the the speedster from Maryland, which I'm sure they're going to try to use him in that capacity. DeCorey and Bennett. Right? But, you know, after that, the safeties not necessarily very impressive either, right? You know, so they're going to, I think it's, 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 they're building on that side of the ball, is what I'm saying. And yeah, the offense is going to have to carry the squad. I think that's where their money is right now, that's how they're built. Their head coach is an offensive coordinator. So I think it is going to be on the offense here to hold it down for one more year and then hope a Trayvon Moore continues to get better. And Chris Smith, who they drafted from Georgia, he comes, you know, and develops into something in year two and, you know, go from there. They, the kid they drafted from Alabama, the D lineman, right? Um, Byron, Young. Brian, Brian, right, right. So, you know, th- their, their, their interior part of their defense is not impressive and of course we just hit on the secondary which is not necessarily going to blow you away either. All their money's in in draft capital's
3: in edge pass rush it, and
2: offense. It, it's it's all it's it's Colton Miller, it's the receivers, right? It's the quarterback, it's Josh Jacobs. Yeah, it's it's all offense and pass rushers. You're exactly right. Okay. Moose Maxwell 31, can the Colts offensive line
3: get ba- get back to its dominant ways? If so, how high is their ceiling with Anthony Richardson at quarterback?
2: Yeah, I, you know can they become the wall, the blue wall again, like they were, you know, a few years ago? Last year it was disappointing. They definitely fell off. I mean, Quentin Nelson, I gotta think he's gonna have a bounce back year. It was his worst year of his career. There's, there's no question I feel about like it that. Came out of nowhere too. Out of nowhere. Like, right? Old. Didn't see that happening. No. I mean, you know, was still playing high level football, right? I, you know, I think, you know, with 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 them a little bit, and and that, I think this is some of the things that. They lost Glowinski, who was a is a very good run blocking offensive lineman. They lost who was it? This is I'm going back to two years ago. Jack Doyle, I believe, was that Jack Doyle their tight end? I'm trying to. I, yeah, 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 Jack Doyle. Jack yep. Doyle. He was one of their best block. He was one of the. I mean, again, pass game whatever, but running run blocking the man. So they lost those two guys and. Who else am I missing? Eric Fisher, right, who they had two years ago. Again, not premier pass-protecting left tackle, very good run-blocking tackle. So that kind of, like, flew under the radar of, like, hey, this is why they're not as good, let alone Quentin Nelson didn't play as well. I do think they're going to be better. I think the scheme itself is going to help them be better. They're going to be coached in the run game. They're going to be all about the run game. Braden Smith. Is still really damn good. We know that, right? Ryan Kelly, his health. I think they'll be better than last year. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Long story short, you feel the same way. I think they need a big step from Bernard Raymond. Yeah, yeah, sure. That'll dictate. Right. That will
3: probably dictate the ceiling of Quentin Nelson playing next to him. Mm-hmm. It's. I mean, it's got to be hard to be a left guard in the league, and you're used to one thing next to you for so long, and then you've you guys struggling, and there's just a lot going on and communication and definitely. So that that's probably the variable I would have for them right right now. But yeah, I think. The threat of Richardson running has to make life easier for them as a whole. Though. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, because everybody's you're, overthinking everything rather than playing downhill right. when
2: that happens. Right. You're 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 so, limited too. Right. And you're limited because you become, you know, you're so worried about all that they can do, you get conservative, like we were just talking about. And I just, yeah, like I was saying, I, I think defense are gonna have to change that this year. They're gonna have to be a little not conservative to kind of mess things up. But yeah, you're right about the Raymond thing. That that that's the point. Can he make that next step and be the franchise left tackle and and how I liked him coming out of Central Michigan. Me too. I did too. Um, But yeah, it didn't seem like he got the the greatest reviews last last year in Indianapolis. Dan Salas, do you see the Eagles having any hangover from losing the Super Bowl in the way they did and because they lost some key players? I mean, do I expect them to just be like, like last year where I, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. Like when when the schedule came out, I was like, "The Eagles are going to be 10 and 0. They're going to be <laughs> yeah. 10 and 1." Like that—that that was no doubt. Do I expect that? No. Do I expect them though it's still to be all year long top one, two, or three in the NFC as far as record and all that? Absolutely. I mean, they're just—they're too talented. I, I still think it's the most talented roster in football, even though they lost some players. Sure, yeah, but uh, no, I don't see it. I think with that quarterback they have there, he's going to keep them driven and motivated for sure. Uh, he's a tremendous leader, and I think Nick Sirianni and company has got the magic touch too, so I don't expect them to fall off. It doesn't feel like anyone in
3: the NFC is terrifying you where you're like, wow, the Eagles, you know, they're in trouble if they just run back the same kind of thing again.
2: No. No. Conferences. No, it's literally like run back the same thing again and then we'll run back the same thing with the 49ers and we'll see in the NFC Championship right? and hopefully their quarterback doesn't get hurt. I mean, that's kind of how it that's feels what it to feels me. Like. Right. It's like sure. It's like inevitable. I mean, yeah. And then you just, you know, I like like we've said a little bit over the offseason, do the Cowboys jump in that party that's maybe? That's the third team. That yeah. You're like, get, "What can the Cowboys do to get yeah. over the hump?" Is there some other team there that we're missing or whatever? I don't know. I got to see it a little first to believe it. Well, you know. maybe
3: this team could be it. The Seahawks. This one from Task Force L. Love they the would pod. be in the running. Sending love from Germany. Do you think the Seahawks will be a true modern pass offense or, again, a run-first team? Keep up the good work. Hope to see you one day here in Germany.
2: Oh, I want to come to Germany. I am I'm here that. I want to do that for sure. You know, I want to do pro football talking on Button in Germany. I want to do pro football talking on Button in, in London. We have a, a very big fan a base there. A lot of NFL fans. A lot. It's, it, it's just it's, a matter it's of blowing time. up. Right. So I'm with I'm with our man here as far as Task Force L and that the Seahawks could be that team that interjects into that top combo. You know, one, I totally expect the offensive line to be better this year. You know, two rookie tackles last year. It's tough. And per, they held yeah. their own for you know, what they were walking into, right? Definitely. Definitely. They uh, definitely held their own. I mean, I think they struck gold with the kid from Washington State at right tackle. And then, of course, we know the Mississippi State kid is extremely talented, too. So, that excites me. You know, of course, what they did at, at, at uh, in the draft this year, exciting. Like, holy shit. Their top three picks to me, I loved it. I got to think the Anthony Bradford kid has a chance to start the guard from LSU. He's an ass kicker. Right, man. an ass kicker. Yeah. So I think you're going to see Seahawks be a balanced, run-first, take-big-shots-in-the-pass-game type of football team. Not that it's like 60-40 run, but I think it's going to be, hey, we're going to ride Kenneth Walker and and Charbonnet and, and be physical and play that way and get you to come down to the line of scrimmage. And, oh, yeah, we got Geno Smith who can – you play man-to-man or give him a shot to throw the ball down the field. See, ya, fuck, he's throwing a bomb to DK or Lockett or, or Jigba. I, I don't know. I guess that's kind of how I, I see them playing. Not quite as ball-controlled Seahawks like 2013 and all that, right? I think it's like, yeah, we want to run the ball, and when they drop back to pass, it's going to be looking for like we're looking for – chunk plays. We're looking for 30 yards right here and, and changing the field field position totally.
3: It was funny when they took Jackson, Smith, and Jigba in the first round. I reacted in a sense of oh, you know, maybe they want to be really 11 personnel heavy. This is their third wide receiver now. We saw what that offense looked like when Lockett was hurt or banged up, but then they took Charbonnet in the second round when they had Kenneth Walker and you're like, I think Pete's going to be Pete and they are going to lean on a two-back downhill system, like you said Sims, that can be an explosive play threat and you just look at personnel for them last year, I mean, they used 11 personnel, three wide receivers on the field. They were 25th in the league. Mm. That is, that was not them. It's crazy. So it'll be fascinating to track that if that changes, because they are one of the teams that traditionally has not moved into that. We live on the field with three wide receivers.
2: Yeah. No, I, you know, I I think we see more 11 from them, you know, just 52%. Yeah. Okay. I think we'll see, we see more, right. But I think that's probably part of the, the reason they love in too, is not only his route running, he's he can be physical and block in the run game. And, yeah, I still think we're going to see a number of two tight end sets with Noah Fant and Disley doing that. Pete Carroll ain't going to deviate too far, and he's not going to let the team be like throw the ball 45 times a game. That's not what he's going to do. So, yeah, uh, I, think, I think we hit it. What would you guess McVay is in for 11 personnel? Oh... <laughs> That's well. I was just about to jump. That's the shocking thing because Shane Waldron and Keith, you know, came from yeah. McVeigh, right? So that just tells you. I'm going to say McVeigh was an eleven. Ninety-one percent of the time. Ninety point eight. It's crazy. You nailed it. Thank you. Thank you very That's much. That's wildly impressive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I knew it's it's extremely high. Because oh, two tight ends never make it on the field there. And, you know, I, and I was going off the top of my head going, do I remember seeing a lot of four receiver sets? They don't do that as much either. So, uh, yep, yeah, good. Sunshine's on a dog's ass. <laughs> All right,
3: your boy El Rey is back. What kind of changes can we expect to see from San Francisco with Steve Wilkes being the new defensive coordinator?
2: Yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit more exotic. That, that would be my two cents. You know, one... Uh, You know, Shanahan, the way they want to play, do all that. Like, you know, we just talked about, I I don't think they want to play exotic, ooh, man-to-man and give you shots like that. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's what Shanahan believes in the the philosophy of winning games and all that. But creative ways to still play cover three and cover four and have, you know, different looks, different blitzes, this guy blitzes, this guy drops. I think you might see a little bit more of that. From Orton and the 49ers, and a little bit more of a different, you know, a variety in lineup in li- and what I mean, and uh, how they line up, you know, pre snap. You know, with the 49ers the last few years, it's either 4 2 nickel or it's, or it's, what is it, 4 2, you know. And there's two guys up in the A-gap and somebody's going to drop out and one's going to blitz. It's like one of those two things. You just don't know who's coming, which one's coming, blah, blah, blah. I think you're going to see more sets from them this year.
3: One more on the Niners from Panicard37. Does
2: Trey Lance end training camp on the 49ers roster? Uh, I'm going to say yes, I am. This is a team that's got, you know, uh, the worst fucking luck in the world at the quarterback position. So they need three quarterbacks to just cut Trey Lance, I don't see that happening, especially what you've invested in him and the politics of football. Like, they'll be severely questioned and people will talk about it even more if they just cut him for nothing. Trade, who's going to trade anything for him? That goes back to the politics. You can't even save – you can't trade him for a fifth round pick. Exactly right. Terrible look. So you might as well keep him. Right. And – Teams aren't – yeah, teams aren't even going to want to trade a fifth-round pick you or, know, or, or that's as high as they're going to go because they're going to go, wait, you don't even like him. Wait, everybody in football knows he's already your third stringer right now. So, yeah, and then he hasn't played enough football. So, I think it's going to continue to develop and, you know – He'll, he'll wait and, you know, for his sake, he'll hope to, to get a chance maybe somehow through injury or whatever else to get on the field.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well.
3: Bosnian Bear wants to know, Bucks are making a mistake having a quarterback competition at this point. Same situation Panthers had last year, and the quarterback never got enough reps with the starters. Well, well,
2: there becomes a point where it does become detrimental. You know, the old saying, right? If you got two quarterbacks, you got none, right? I, I still expected to be Baker Mayfield. But yeah, at some point, and you've heard me say this before, and I say this to Florio all the time, you know, this is this something I know New England believes in? And a lot of you, you got to start framing your team around who's going to lead your group, who's going to lead the unit. Who's going to get the, you know, like you're talking about and like the question here, get enough work to work on the nuances of the offense and get everybody used to each other and on the same page and, ooh, when he sees this, he likes to check to this and, ooh, he gives signals like this and, you know. So, yeah, I, I, at some point here in the next, you know, 10 days, I would hope they start to have a clear cut. This is our guy and he gets the majority of the reps. Does it start to affect the pass
3: catchers as well in the offensive line when you have two different guys getting those split reps and nothing's the same or nothing's even keeled? or just two guys just kind of go out there and they're just going to catch from wherever?
2: They try to be pros, but it does. It's got to it, be hard. It affects. Yeah. It affects the team. Especially going from Tom Brady. <laughs> well, yeah, well yeah. very different. You got that. You got to, you know, you're going it, to, it's human nature. The more it festers, the more you're going to get, ooh, I'm a trash guy or or I'm right. a Baker Mayfield guy in the locker room. Oh, this is my buddy. I want my guy to be the guy. And I mean, so that's where it can do a disservice to your football team if it drags on too long. Our last one here on Ask Me Anything
3: Training Camp Edition. Coach Magnet, I don't like going cold turkey without my regular dose of unbuttoned. What do you think the Packers offense will look like? Will it be closer to the 49ers style of play, or will they take advantage of defenses being more concerned about the run game
2: than Jordan Love? Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm 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 very optimistic about the the Packers. I am. Now, you know, will it look more like the 49ers? I I think maybe to a degree. N- nobody's going to look like the 49ers. Listen, I've had a lot of people this offseason talk to me about, "Oh, you know, Shanahan and his offense and you know, McVay runs it, and Lafleur runs it, and all that. And I want to go. Eh, they don't. Nobody really runs Shanahan's offense. Shanahan is kind of in a league of his own. They kind of run the basic version of Shanahan's offense. Or McVay, who you know, I would say, yeah, there's some Shanahan, but there's a lot of Jay Gruden and John Gruden in that offense too. So I don't even know if you could totally say that. And McVay goes to more of a. He has his formula every game. He does that. Shanahan is like. I'll give you a story, just real quick on the subject. I'm 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 talking to some defensive coaches in football. Talk to one who's got the 49ers on their roster or, uh, or on their schedule early in the year, right? They're, they're going to play them in the first four or five weeks, so they're doing some off-season studying on them. He's just going. I mean, uh, I I'm evaluating the. I'm looking at the 49ers. I mean, the he starts laughing. He goes, the fucking 49ers do everything. <laughs> I mean, the fucking 49ers, they're doing shit the rest of the league isn't doing. You know, it's not as apparent to the untrained eye, you know, because right. when we think different, oh, there's a different formation, they come up with different pass concepts. No, it's the nuance in the run game that you really got to know where you'd go. Yeah, here's a toss sweep from last week. And then the next week they run the toss sweep. And it looks the same, but it's actually blocked totally different, right? That's where he is a mastermind that way. And then off of that new play, you know, comes up with three or four play action passes where you go, whoa, I've never seen it done this way, too. So he kind of always reinvents himself. Like, think about even the Seahawks. Playoff game. Do you remember that game? Brock Purdy kept running to his left to run a fake, and they were running deep in cuts going the other way, and he was throwing it across the field, and yeah. they were wide open. That's what I mean. He does shit where the rest of the league's like, wait, wait, wait. We've never, nobody does this.
3: Yeah, not with Brock Purdy. Exactly. That's what's even more so, shocking.
2: I know everybody wants to think they're the same, but that's where I'd go. No, Shanahan's a little, a little bit of a class of his own. But to the basic point, at Coach Magnet, I think they're gonna yes. They're going to rely on the run game, be physical that way, and I think you're going to see the Packers push the ball down the field a little bit more. You know, the one thing I think Aaron Rodgers did to them the last few years is he put them in the I want to throw it short and get on my hands box, and that kind of handcuffed them in their offense this way. I think he wanted to get back to more of what we were talking with Shanahan. You know, maybe not as creative, but run the ball, run the ball. And then we fake that damn run. And ooh, there's Brandon Ayu going over the middle for a 30 yard gain. I think that would fit them more, anyways, with with Dobbs and and Christian Watson. Watson. And for a young quarterback, those are the type of throws that are easy to see. The play gets to develop people separate downfield, the holes become bigger. Like, I wouldn't want Jordan Love to be making really quick, let me fit into a tight window and make the right read like Aaron Rodgers has done the last few years. That'll be a fucking disaster. He'll throw fucking 30 interceptions this year if he has to play that way. So this way I think cleans the – we block, we keep the tight end in. Hey, he's one-on-one outside, he's running a comeback. Just throw the fucking comeback one-on-one. You know, hey, we've been running the ball, running the ball. Ooh, the safety's cheating down. We're going to throw the post over the top to Christian Watson, right, with a crosser underneath. I think that's the kind of stuff they'll try to do with Jordan Love, but I think it'll be more run-based defense and shots down the field for Green Bay. That would be exciting to watch, especially with the speed they have at wide
3: receiver. and. I like your point of that. It it probably applies to a lot of young quarterbacks around the league. You could say the same for Anthony Richardson this year maybe a little bit. Yeah. You know, utilize his arm. Definitely. him. He could also tuck the ball and run if you're playing off of him. Right. But that's a friendly way of helping. You're not running a training wheels offense necessarily in terms of dinking and dunking. No. You're running a training wheels offense in we're going to protect you with the run. And we're going to utilize your strength throwing down the field. Exactly.
2: To me, it's one of the undervalued or – you know, what do I want to say, not use enough tactics in all of football by young quarterbacks or older quarterbacks. That's why I love Joe Burrow a little right now. And Mahomes and them got into this a little last year, too, where they were just like, hey, fuck the concept. If it's one-on-one with Jamar Chase, I'm going to throw the comeback out there all day long. Big Ben used to do that to AJ, uh, uh, A.B. AB. Anthony, yep. I mean, uh, Antonio, you know, Brown, Antonio yeah. Brown. It just was like, oh, I'm just going to play football here. They can't cover him in an out route or a comeback. I'm just going to do that. You know, I think coaches don't love that because they feel like they're getting canceled out because they're like, Oh yeah, I came up with wide drive z choice and over here. I want you to do that. And it's like, (laughs) no, sometimes it's just better. Right. And for your point, you know, it's easier for the young quarterback. Hey, run the ball, run the ball. It's a single safety defense. Okay. Now is Alec Pierce outside running the twenty yard comeback. Is he open? You got a strong arm, throw it. And people go, Oh, it's a far throw. It's it's really a safe throw. It's a safe throw. Unless you throw it behind them, okay, then you're going to get intercepted. But anything out in front or high is either going to be caught or go out of bounds. And that's where I think people lose sight of that fact a little bit every now and then. All right. That wraps up our Ask Me Anything Training Camp Edition. Uh, It's been a lot of fun. A lot to go on. Camps are open. Flying, it, it, it's all it's all gonna be flying now. It's, here we go. I'm going. I mean, we're going to the Hall of Fame game next week. Next awesome. Tuesday, I'm on the plane going jets are, there. Jets and Browns are a week into practice oh, already. Baby, it's, I yeah. know. I'm gonna I'm gonna be all over the Jets and scout them out for you. And thank you. Know, you. Hopefully, you don't ditch me for the rest of the summer and no, you come back not, and host the show every now and then. I will come back anytime. But I know Matthew is your best speak, friend. At all, but speaking you can come of here. my other job, <laughs> get ready for draft
3: season. You'll like this one, Sims. Get ready for draft season with the Roto World Fantasy Football draft guide featuring content from Matthew Berry. It's also featuring content from me, Uh, including player rankings, profiles, projections, mock drafts, and more. Go to NBCSports.com slash draft guide and use code draft 2023 to save 20% at checkout,
2: yeah, check it out. I mean, damn. I, I mean, one thing I I can speak confidently in life is that Matthew Berry and you guys are all over the fantasy world in every angle possible. Yeah, Matthew Berry's. I mean, come on, he is who he is because he's phenomenal. He lives it. He eats it. He breathes it. He loves making videos of himself talking about it. He's the man <laughs> from he, random places. He really, yes, yes, exactly. Walking through his living room talking yeah. about the commanders being sold. But uh, <laughs> hey, he was he was all over Jalen Hurts last year. Got Tony Pollard on there this year. Uh, but yeah, um, I, I'm always picking his brain. And what I love about Matthew Berry. You know, I I said this to a lot of people during the year last year. I mean, Matthew Berry, I know some people go, oh, he's fantasy, whatever. He's got a great eye of football. He understands the game and understands talent of players. And he added a lot of value to our Sunday night football show last year by just some of the things he said in the meeting rooms and whatever else. Just, you know, giving his two cents on the game.
3: Well, it's going to be exciting watching you guys again. It was a blast last year, and I've had a blast this week filling in for Ahmed. I don't want want to scare your listeners. He's not gone forever. (laughs) I'm just filling in for two days. It's been a good time.
2: Uh, It's just my cooler... Guest host, all right? Connor Rogers, always dressed cool. What kind of shoes you
3: got on Oh, my beat-up Haraches all right. They're yeah, still I cool. Yeah, went with comfort
2: today. You're still cool. You you're, you're, you're still got Ahmed in that Thank department, no <laughs> doubt about it. But I uh, appreciate you driving the ship, as always. Anytime, man. you the man. It's we'll see you awesome. soon. Keep doing what you're doing. Follow Connor Rogers, all right? He's all over the game, as always. I uh, hope everybody enjoyed the little AMAs. You know, next week, like I said, Ahmed will be back on Monday. Tuesday, I'll be going to Canton, doing a few days of pro football talk there from the Hall of Fame. We're going to do a Thursday podcast next week. Wednesday's a busy day, and we got some NFL things we got to do, so we're going to have to do it on Thursday. But that's the little look forward to next week. Going to have a guest, I think, for the Thursday pod, a guy that used to be a pretty good football player. Going to do a little interview, talk to him, pick his brain, have some fun. I don't want to spoil it quite yet. But everybody be good out there. Have a good weekend. Stay cool. The whole country is hot as fucking shit right now. Find a pool. <laughs> yeah, go for a Drink swim. some liquids. Stay cool out there. Be safe. Peace out, homies. Clap it up.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well.